Welcome to the Amputation Nation Podcast. Here's your host, PLG. Welcome to the Amputation Nation Podcast. I'm your host, PLG. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, last week, we had talked about how to deal with insurance, getting a prosthetic limb, and going back to work. And at the end of the episode last week, I had mentioned that this week we would be talking about the Limbs for Life Foundation and the Amputee Coalition of America. And while I do want to hit on those because they are very important organizations, uh, I decided I wanted to start sharing my story with you on how I would eventually become a double baloney amputee. Now, I'm not going to be talking about my entire story in one episode as that would bore you to death. <laughs> So starting this week, I'm going to kind of break it up in years. Uh, everything for me started back in 2007. So uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, what happened between the years of 2007 and 2009. So let's get into it. Back in 2007, my dad was put into hospice care, home hospice care, because he had congestive heart failure. For those that are unfamiliar with congestive heart failure, it's where your lungs can fill with fluid, make it har making it harder and harder for you to uh, be able to breathe. Uh, and it can also cause your heart to have to work harder. Anyways, he was put in home hospice care. And as a family, we came up with a schedule to take care of him, which is a good thing because it gives you the opportunity, gave us the opportunity to spend time with him and talk about fun times we had. It was kind of our alone time together. He was put into home hospice care at the very end of May, and he, he passed away on July 2nd. So between that time, we were doing stuff as a family, going out and about doing our things. And because it was summer, I wore sandals. Well, I had developed a blister on my big left toe. Didn't really think much of it. And it was, you know, just a blister. Well, eventually it would pop, like blisters pop. And I didn't, again, I didn't think much of it. I did put a, I, I cleaned it up a little bit and I put a band aid on it. But I don't know if you guys have ever tried putting a band aid on your toe, but it does not uh, stay, stay on there very well. So during the time uh, he was sick, uh, I was dealing with this pop blister. I also started noticing about, Four days after it popped, I started getting these weird symptoms, such as I was getting like these bumps on my legs. They were oozing some sort of a fluid. Um, I started feeling very fatigued, very tired. I had the chills. I was I had a fever. And perhaps the weirdest of my symptoms was that food didn't taste right to me. Like, for example... I love pizza. Pizza, when I would eat pizza, it wouldn't taste like what pizza would normally taste like to me. So it was very odd. So during this time, he was sick. We spent time with him, took care of him. Uh, he died on July 2nd. Uh, and it was, of course, that's during the 4th of July week. So I, again, I wanted to be there for my family. I wanted to be there for him. I knew if I were to go to the hospital, I was going to get admitted because there was something going on. So I didn't want that to happen. So 
I wanted to be a part of the funeral arrangements and the visitation arrangements, and I wanted to be able to partake in those. So I was able to go to the funeral, the, the, the visitation of the funeral, spent more time with family. And then about a week after, uh, after the funeral is when I, my life would change. I woke up one morning and I was very feeling very ill. I had, I took my temperature at 105 temperature and my shin, my left shin, there was like a burning sensation. I looked down at it and it was like a dark purple color. Like it was like, look like, like, look like a rash, a dark purple rash. So I told my wife I had to go to the ER. So she took me to the ER and I got there. I signed in and I'm not kidding when I say this, like I'm not being sarcastic. I waited a total of nine hours to see a doctor. The first six hours, I waited six hours. And after the first six hours, I finally got to see a triage nurse, but they just do your vitals, your weight, and they take some notes. They ask about, you know, how are you feeling? And when did you start noticing symptoms and so forth? After that, they said it would be about another, you know, just another few minutes and I'd be able to, you know, get a room and see a doctor. Their definition of a few minutes was three more hours. So I waited a total of nine hours. Finally, they brought me back to a room and it was like one of those little, uh, like a holding room, which is where they take you before you get your actual hospital room. So I went back there and I waited again and I asked for a blanket. They wouldn't give me a blanket, I guess, because I had a fever. Um, I was very cold. I had the chills. So I just put my arms in my shirt. They took some blood, did some more testing. Uh, the doctor was very concerned because of all these issues I was having, all these symptoms. So finally, they brought me up to my room. Um, they gave me something to help me go to sleep. The next morning, I woke up early. And they had um, given me uh, an MRI. And that was the first time I've ever had an MRI. And I, I hated it. You just, if you've never had an MRI before, depending on the body part they're doing it on, uh, it, it, it was very, it's very uncomfortable. So for me, it was on my left leg. And you lie down and you're stiff as a board. And they put you halfway into the stoop and you can't move. You cannot move. They don't want you moving. Um, and it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to do. And if you move, they may have to start over. So it's very important that you don't move. They do give you headphones that you can listen to music. But this machine is so loud, you cannot hear anything. I mean, you can, you can hear the music a little bit. But the machine, the sound of the machine definitely drowns out the music. Uh, so they did the MRI, they did some blood work. And when I got the results, it was revealed that I had basically a perfect storm of infections. I was diagnosed with staph infection, strep infection, skin infection, also known as cellulitis and bone infection, also known as osteomyelitis. So, and they didn't want me walking cause I had this, this open sore on my toe and it turned into an ulcer. They didn't want me walking on it. So I spent over a week in the hospital. It's very lonely. Uh, I got very bored. Uh, the food sucked. I don't know if th this is back before they had like DoorDash and, and Grubhub and Uber Eats. So the food was not good. 
uh, unless your family brought you food, you're stuck with their food unless you don't eat. Um, also, I had like 10 channels. And one of them was like this nature channel with like calming music. And one was CNN. So I didn't have a whole lot to choose from. So I spent over a week in there. Uh, when they finally discharged me, they put a pick line in my arm. A pick line, uh, it's a, a pick is an acronym. It stands for Peripheral Inserted Central Catheter. And it's basically just an IV. They, they surgically put it in your arm. It goes, uh, well, for me, they put it right above the pit of my elbow into the vein. And then the it goes into your arm, and then there's a tube that hangs down. And it goes to about the the your um, the tips of your fingers, and the point of it is that you can give yourself IV antibiotics because when they discharged me, I still had this infection, although it had cleared up quite a bit. That rash on my left shin is because of the infection. So by the time I was discharged, that purple rash had cleared up pretty pretty well. So they gave me this pick line. And they set up where I would have home care and home care. The real, the reason they gave me the pick line is because the oral antibiotics are not strong enough. You need oral, you need um, IV antibiotics to completely get rid of the infection. So the plan was, is they had me on the pick line for six weeks. So during the time I'm in the hospital, they had planned all this out and they set up home care for me. And home care would come out once a week, and they would change the dressing on this pick line. And I hated this pick line. If you've never had a pick line before, it's awful. It's basically, like I said, it's an IV. This tube hangs down. They do give you like this netting uh, to put over the tubing, so it does, so it like holds it in place. But the netting just itches like crazy, um, and it's it's terrible. When the home nurse came to do the dressing change, she would take off the whole dressing and I would sit there for like three minutes just scratching and scratching and scratching. It felt really good. And she would let me scratch. And then finally she would disinfect the area again and she put a new dressing on. And then it, it just started over again. I had to wait another week to itch it. It was horrible. Uh so I had home care. Uh the doctors didn't want me going back to work. Uh they were concerned about this infection. And I had just started a new job at a bank. And because of that, I wasn't protected under FMLA. So they kept me on as long as they could, but eventually they ended up firing me because they needed to replace, they needed someone to do what I did. So because of that, my wife at the time was the only source of income we had. So we couldn't, we could no longer afford our house. So we had a, get rid of it on a short sale and we moved in with my mom and I remember uh, when we moved in I was grateful that she took us in but it made me slip into a really deep depression because I felt worthless um, I felt like I was a less less of a man um, and a couple times I contemplated suicide and I just kind of felt lost in life. And when we moved in with my mom, I was still in and out of the hospital because I kept getting these infections. It wasn't the exact same place in my foot, the exact same sore in my foot, but it was like in the general area. Like I'd get 
a lot of callus buildup and these and sores would open up underneath. And I, I couldn't figure out why I was getting this. And in fact, I had, I spent some time at the Mayo clinic in Rochester and not even they could figure it out. One doctor jokingly told me I should be on like one of these medical mystery shows that you see on TV. So it wasn't good. I was very depressed. You know, I had a lot of pride and, you know, my wife was working, the only one working. And I, I felt bad for that. And it was just, it was not a good time in my life. So that was 2007 for me. It started off good. Uh, but then by the time the end of May came, everything just flipped upside down with my dad getting sick, passing away, and then my health issues. So fast forward to 2008, um, I decided I wanted to take control of my life. You know, I was, I had slipped into this really deep depression and I needed to try to snap myself out of it because I didn't like how it was making me feel. So I started college at a business school and I majored in business management and I tried to get involved in as much as I could uh, because I wanted to keep my mind busy. I, I didn't want to keep thinking about um, my medical stuff and everything. So I joined this um, organization called Collegiate Deca and it's, I mean, anybody could join it, but it was geared towards business students and you can compete at a, at a state and even international level. Uh, you give like different, different competitions like accounting and business management and retail management. And you're basically, it's either like a, a case study or a role play scenario that you're given. And you have judges, they, they judge you on your performance. You can win scholarships, you can win um, all sorts of stuff. It was really cool. So I got involved with that. Unfortunately, during my time when I started college, I kept getting more and more infections. This was really, really annoying because I'm trying to get on with my life and I just can't. These infections, these recurring infections would come and go. Um, I spent a lot of time in and out of the hospital. During this time, I came across a slew of bad doctors that I was dealing with. One doctor told me just to put some Neosporin and a Band-Aid on it. Another doctor did nothing. Um, and like nurses, I dealt with a lot of nurses. They were mis not misdiagnosing me, but they were saying I have this. But then when I would look it up, what that whatever they said I had, I, none of the symptoms I had would match that. So it was during this time that I actually learned to stick up for myself. I keep saying advocate for yourself. So I, I would advocate for myself. I would ask questions and I would demand answers. And if it was something where they couldn't give me an answer, then I would ask them to, you know, research it or do something because I, I'm under their care and they're, they have an obligation to me. So I was advocating for myself and I've really learned how to do that. Um, so yeah, it, a lot more, it was a lot more hospital stays. Um, I had another wound. I also had another pick line I had to have and uh, home care again. The one thing I regret looking back is not having uh, a therapist. I really wish I would have had a therapist. And part of it, it was a pride thing. I thought that I could get through it on my own without a therapist. And I just, you know, lean on family and friends. And while you absolutely should lean on your family and friends, 
you definitely should look into getting a therapist. And I think I mentioned this before. I wish I had somebody to talk to, somebody that can that, that could listen, someone that could maybe give me um, a different perspective on things. So 2008 um, was not was not good either. We we continued living with my mom. Uh, my wife at the time kept working. She was going through some stuff too. And um, there would be times like I'd be going to school and it'd be like five or six weeks into the quarter and I'd, I'd have to drop out because I'd get some sort of an infection or something and I had to go to the hospital and I'd be in the hospital for a week or two at a time and then I'd be at home again. So I would have to drop out. Luckily, the you know, we, we would have like a week or two weeks in between quarters. So my school worked with me and they allow me to make up my work. So there was times where I was, I was basically doing anywhere from four to seven weeks worth of homework in two weeks time, just so I could graduate on time. So it was, um, it definitely kept me busy. <laughs> I wanted to be kept busy. So it kept me busy. Um, so I worked my butt off. Uh, so 2008 was a lot of that. 2008 was in and out of the hospital a lot more, um, having to drop out of school, having another pick line, and uh, living with my mom. Luckily, my my mom put up with us, and uh, I'm even to this day I'm so grateful that uh, she took us in because I don't I don't know what we would have done. On to 2009. So 2009 things started getting really bad. I was hospital got hospitalized again for one. And this was a really serious infection. It was on the same foot or and same big left toe. And they had to uh, be the infection had gotten so bad that they had to amputate the toe. And during this time, I was also having issues with my wife. Uh, we started having some problems. And so I'm dealing with my health issues and I'm dealing with marital problems. Having my, had had my big left toe amputated uh, during Easter weekend also. Um, I was in the hospital maybe four days and end up going home my wife ended up having uh, a big fight with my mom. So she moved out and she moved in with her mom. And the understanding is that she was going <laughs> to sound really weird. She was going to live with her mom. I was going to live with my mom, but we were still going to remain married. So almost like we went from dating to engaged to married back to dating. <laughs> so, um, but whatever, I mean, I, what am I going to do? Say no. So we end up having that arrangement and then she, we got into a, a, a fight about money and she didn't want to have to give me money anymore. So, I was on unemployment at the time, but it wasn't enough for me to pay the bills I had to pay. You know, I had my car and 
you know, some other things. So she ended up um, wanting a divorce. So she filed for divorce. And that made me slip into an even further depression. I remember when she left and she, when she had wanted to, told me she wanted to file for divorce, I was down in my bed and I was, I was really, really sad. I was crying and I was upset. This, she, we had started dating in 1997. And we got married in 2004, I believe it was. And now we're in 2009. The lowest point of my life, too. Like, I had just had my toe amputated. I could They don't want me walking because I'm fresh out of surgery. So I had to fend for myself. Like, I had to, I still had to go to school. Um. My mom helped me a lot at the time, though. My mom was working about 70 hours a week. So it was hard for her to have to come home and help me. I, but it, I had had to do it. I, I did as much as I could on my own, but it was really tough. Um, I relied a lot on family and friends, too. I, I remember my buddy Tom came over here, and I remember we were watching a movie, and my wife, had called me because we were trying to decide who gets what and after the divorce and I hung up the phone and I just started bawling and my buddy Tom was sitting right there just watching me cry and I remember just feeling horrible because this was all happening to me and I let myself go too. I had lost quite a bit of weight leading up to this and when she left me I just, I didn't care anymore. <laughs> so I would, I would go out and I would, I just didn't care. I, I ate whatever I wanted. I drank whatever I wanted. And again, I really wish I had somebody else, somebody to talk to a therapist because it was, it was really, really, really tough. Um, I did make it through it. I just, I leaned as much on my friends as I could. Also during this time, uh, before my wife had filed for divorce. We were we filed for bankruptcy. So we um, during that was during the time that she had filed. So she filed the paperwork, and then during that time that we were waiting on things, we actually had to go together to to a courthouse because we filed for bankruptcy. So we had to talk to a judge. So we had that I had that going on too. Um, but again, we made it through it, and I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing. If there's a lesson to be learned in all this is that you learn so much about yourself and you have to you have to know that you can get through all this stuff. You just have to use your resources. Like and when I say that, I'm talking about you gotta lean on family and friends. If you have to get a therapist, get a therapist. It's okay. It's never bad to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. Um, you learn a lot about yourself when you go through stuff like this. I learned that I have a lot of, uh, that I can, I can get through a lot of adversity and builds a lot of character. And I think I said this before, the one good thing about going through all this is that 
it can help you help somebody else that has to go through it. So if there's a silver lining in all this, it's that. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Next week, we are going to be, um, I'll, I'll go into my story a little bit more. We'll talk a little bit more about the stuff that I went through, uh, including my first amputation. I would appreciate, guys, uh, if, if you have any questions, if you reach out to me, you can email me at ampnationpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at GamerLim, G-A-M-E-R-L-I-M-B. If you are into video games or you like watching people play video games, I am also on Twitch, twitch.tv, and just search Phantom Limb Gamer. That's all one word, Phantom Limb Gamer. I play a lot of retro. Um, I do play some Switch. I've really been sucked into Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Just I'm a big Zelda guy, so I've been playing that game like crazy. I also play a lot of, uh, I do play some PlayStation 5. I just recently got one and I really like it. So, but once again, guys, thank you so much for joining me. And um, I will talk to you next week. BLG out. <laughs>